Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. Spring training is underway. The combine is here. It's a good time of year, Brad. It's a great time in sports. I'm excited about spring training this year because I'm going to do fantasy baseball for my first time in my entire life. Uh, I'm excited for the combine because, once again, the Tampa Bay Bucks have an early pick. Yeah, it should be uh, interesting to see what they do in the top ten, and lo and behold, we're going to talk about that today. Yes. But before we do that, we are going to do what we do every week, or, and that is to reach into the mailbag. we got some good questions this week. So we're going to go to, we're going to go with uh, my man Dave here, gave us a great question. Rank the best Florida college football teams entering next season. And specifically to uh, Florida college football, I think not just for people who live in Florida, I think that it's such a, a big state for college football anyway, especially yeah. after last season where we had so many good football teams. And I think this is the state. first time where a group of five school was number one in the state of Florida. Absolutely. And then you had Florida Atlantic win 10 games. Yeah. So speaking of that, man, when I got this question, it was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Uh, we have seven total teams. Yes. And, you know, do I base it off of uh, program history? Uh, do I base it off of what I saw last year? Do I base it off of how they're going to do next year? So I kind of did a combination of those things. So uh, do you just want to go ahead and go one, uh, one at a time here? Yeah, let's go one at a time. All right. So my number one is Florida State. I think that going into next season, uh, they still reign supreme, even with a new coach. From a specific talent level and how well I think they're going to perform next year, they are far and above my number one team. My number one, I was really close to picking Florida State, but I just had to look at the fact that Miami, they ended the game on a three-game losing streak, but they were still 10-3. and three. And so I'm just going to go ahead with, with Miami there. I know they're going to lose Mark Walton, but I, I think the swag is a little back for them, and I Honestly, couldn't have, have my, uh, Miami as a top 10 team and not put them as sure. the best team in Florida. And I think that Miami is a year ahead of, well, no, I don't think I know. They're, with Mark Rick, they're a year ahead of Florida State, they're yep. a year ahead of Central Florida, and they're a year ahead of Florida, um, who all just got new coaches. Yeah, so. so that's a big leg up for them. Not to mention, uh, like you said, they had a great season last year, had some good wins. They didn't end very strong, uh, but that's a good number one pick. All right, uh, for my number two, I'm just going to go ahead and say I did put Miami, and for me, it was definitely a 50-50 me for uh, for Miami or Florida State. Yep, so I'm going to go ahead and, you know, obvious pick. I'm going to Florida State. Um, getting DeAndre Francois back uh, back is going to be huge, but what's also huge. cool is I've had some heard some rumblings that this is not a guaranteed job for Francois. Sure, uh, Black Men's going to go out there and compete, and they're going to decide in the spring. If you watched just a couple FSU games from last year and where Blackman started to where he finished the yeah. year, very polished quarterback now. They're going to size him up a little bit. Yes. I, I, think, I think he's going to play well. So, I, you know, I want to tell you the difference of why I picked Miami over Florida State ultimately. I started to go back because I know Florida State ended the season so hot, but, I mean, most of the opponents they played were crap. So that is a big that, is, that was a big reason why I didn't put them ahead of Miami. Completely understandable because Miami from beginning to end played great talent yeah. all the way through. Um, definitely had a tough schedule. So my number three, I'm going to go ahead and go with UCF. I'm going to go at UCF as well. And it, once you hear my number four, it's going to make a little sense. Um, but UCF losing Scott Frost, Traquan Smith, and Shaquem Griffin, thats a, I mean, that's a lot of production. And, and Mike Hughes. Big, and, oh, my God. Mike Hughes is on my losses. list too. And wow. Scott Frost. I mean, it's there's a lot of losses. I think it's a very stable program. Yes. They have a great culture there. Um, so it's not going to be as big of a problem flipping. But let's just say if they would have kept – Scott Frost, 
and maybe a couple of those players would be yeah. talking about a different scenario. Um, but it's going to be very difficult for them to mirror the same successes that they yes. had last year. Living up to that expectation that was set, especially, I mean, the stadium's not too not too big, so it's not like they're going to have these massive shaking atmospheres mm-hmm. that's going to help them out. Now they have to replicate the magic, the sheer magic, the the overtime wins, the the passion from the fans. So. And, and they're going to have to find those marquee games. Uh, you know, there's always teams that come out of the American, but yeah. Memphis lost Riley Ferguson and USF lost Quentin Flowers. Two huge losses there. Yeah. The marquee games, are they there this year? Yeah, we don't know what Pitt's going to be like. We don't know what UNC's going to be like. So FAU's going to be a fun one. FAU's going to be fun. We yes. know that's going to be good. But, um, all right, so we are both in agreement there. For my number four, I put Florida. Okay. For my number four, I put Florida Atlantic. And every part of me wanted to pick Florida. I was like... FAU can't replicate the success like they had last year. Florida's got to be back. They're getting Dan Mullen. But I'm not too sold on Emory Jones. And the 4-7 and seven record isn't all that. Florida's losing one of their best defensive linemen, one of their best offensive linemen. And I think that Florida Atlantic has a chance to have 2,000-yard rushers on their team. I don't disagree with you at all. It was very close for me. I kind of thought of it as, okay, let's put Florida and Florida Atlantic on the same field. Who's going to win that game? I think it's going to be a very competitive game. But for me, looking at last year, I looked at uh, just the level of teams that they played. And Florida just, you know, coming out of the SEC, obviously, they played much ever. And they had a lot of close losses last year. They were very close to being a six-win team. Uh, so I'm giving Florida the benefit of the doubt there. All my Gator fan friends are going to hate me for putting Florida that low, but, I mean, you're battling out 4-7. and seven. you got a freshman quarterback who's probably going to be starting, new head coach, losing some key pieces. You don't have a running game, so it is what it is. So I have Florida Atlanta number 5. Do you have Florida number 5? I have Florida number 5. Okay. All right, so a uh, little flip-flop there. Uh, let's go ahead and end it with the last two. Uh, and, and here's here's where we can tell where the level of college football is in Florida. Yeah. Because South Florida, for me, is number six. South Florida is number six for me as well. And they're going to come – I know they're losing flowers. Yeah. But Charlie Strong is riding the ship there. Yes, that's a good team. And it's just – Quentin Flowers is the difference maker there. Uh, They have a solid run game that they're going to get one of their running backs backs back. But I just couldn't rank them ahead of any of the other Florida programs because they're so strong. Right. And then to round it off, I have Florida International sitting at number seven. FIU had a solid season, eight and mm-hmm. five, and yeah. uh, but their quarterback's going pro too. And when you have when your biggest piece is your quarterback, it's hard for me to rank you in the top half. Yeah, should be a lot of exciting games uh, in the state of Florida this season. So we're definitely going to have to make some road trips here. To yeah, before we get bashed on too, I want people to know that we are. UCF fans. We were at we, we yeah we were at USF game. We're just realists. Yeah. We're, Absolutely. We're thinking our brains and, and our hearts. And don't get me wrong. Don't think I didn't think about putting UCF number one. I mean, yeah. that win against Auburn is completely legitimate, but I'm going into next season. The here. pieces they're losing is asinine. Yeah. They're losing a 1,000-yard receiver. They're losing a guy with uh, 73 total, what was it, 74 total tackles mm-hmm. in Griffin. Right. Mike Hughes, one of the best cover corners in the draft this year. And I'll say it again. UCF is replacing all this talent with three stars, whereas yeah. FSU is replacing all the t- their talent with five stars. Yeah, and it's just a I mean, talent and, and, and FSU's getting both running backs back, getting their new healthy quarterback. I, I just like F- FSU. Has everyone forgotten about Cam Akers? Has, has, has everyone forgotten about this FSU team? I mean, yeah. Watch out, man. Yeah. I think uh, I think they're going to be able to challenge Clemson next year in the ACC. All right, so uh, changing gears here to our first baseball question. This comes to us from Jesse, and I think it's a uh, great universal. Uh, question is it fair that pitchers only have to bat in the national league 
Should pitchers bat universally or never bat at all? So we're basically just talking about the DH rule here and our thoughts on the designated hitter rule. And I think this is good because we've never really talked about it. I don't think we've ever talked about baseball. We've never talked about baseball, right. <laughs> uh, the designated hitter rule has been around uh, since 1973. And for me, I am a purist of the National League. Uh, I'm a diehard Cincinnati Reds fan. I watch pretty much National League baseball exclusively. Yeah. So... I like that style of game better. It's two completely different games yes. in the American League and the National League. Adding that designated hitter, um, not having the pitcher have to bat. It, for, for me, I just think it takes away a lot of strategy. I think that managers have a tougher job in the National League because there's so much more strategy in when to take your pitcher out, yeah. when to put in those pinch hitters, when to do a double switch. So I'm not uh, against DH. Yes. I'm against DH in the National League. Don't yeah. mess with my National League. Like, like if the American League wants to have their DH and, and we have two separate I'm actually cool with that because I think it adds a lot of interesting um, aspects to the playoffs yes. where, where teams are having to, uh, you know, adjust to different strategies. So, I'm fine. I just don't want the DH to be in both leagues. And honestly, I don't even know if I would want the pitcher batting in the American League as well. You know, so. it's kind of crazy to me. Um, so, when, when I read this question and I was like, what would I want? Me personally... And I started thinking of it when I, I was like, took it to the, the precipice of, of baseball, the, the what, why I like baseball. Baseball is a tradition sport. It's you think about Babe Ruth, think about Hank oh, Aaron. Yeah. You don't when you don't think about baseball, you're not typically just thinking like Barry Bonds off the tip of your tongue. You're mm. thinking about those greats, right? And why fix what's not broken? That's my main argument. Is I like baseball in this most natural form. When, when baseball decided to have the little replay and oh yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on? Right. Like, keep it as pure as it is. Now, if I think about it as a standpoint of fairness, I freaking – I have, you know, some friends that are way bigger baseball fans than me, and they just talk about making baseball fair. Let everyone have a DH then. If you really want to ruin the game, let everyone have a DH. And think about this. This is what people aren't thinking logically when we're talking about the designated hitter rule. And, th and think about this from both sides. If you – at a DH and in the National League, we're talking about National League teams that have built their entire franchise off of the rule that they don't have a DH. Yeah. They're not going to be ready for it. No. On the flip side, we have American League teams who have built their team around a DH. You take away the DH. Yeah. You have the pitcher bat. You're completely like, oh, ruining what is happening. the style of play. And somebody, is, you know, if you make one rule unilaterally across both leagues. Yeah. One league is going to get significantly weaker than the other because they're built a specific way. So I like that point that you bring up that let's not fix – don't break what's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's already there. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it's fine. I like it the way it is. Me too. Now, the fact – is it fair? Listen, I, I think it's fair because both leagues are playing with the same set of rules. Yeah. And when you bring them together for interleague play – I like that the home team gets to play with their rules. Yeah, it's I think fair. That's, that's fair. It's as fair as it possibly can be. Yeah, it's old school. It's, uh, you know, backyard baseball, you know, home team house rules is yeah. what they call it, right? So so I'm perfectly fine with that. And then just for that series, you have to acclimate your lineup to the other league strategy. I like it a lot. Which is, I think is great. I think it's interesting. And, and, yeah, sorry, Jesse. I know you probably wanted – I probably you probably wanted bit pitchers to bat universally if I could talk freaking English. <laughs> <laughs> but – Keep it the way it is. So, uh, Miles, thanks for the question. Yeah, guys, if you guys want to ask us more questions, email us at Best of the House or find us on Twitter at Best of the House. We'll answer them. We got some good ones for our live show next week. Uh, Miles, let's let's move over and talk about how we did last week. All right. Are we going to talk about college basketball? 
Yeah, let's talk about... Uh, oh, actually, never mind. Screw that. You got me excited. Let's yeah. talk about freaking football. <laughs> okay. My favorite thing in the world. We have a lot of work to do here. Yes. this is So, guys, we're about to do our Mock Drafts 1.0, and we're going to go pick by pick so you guys get to hear them. Okay. I'm just so excited to uh, to hear what you have, but I uh, I don't know if you want to do this, but for me, I want to make some some disclaimers, like a like an introduction here. Yeah. All right. So this is for for my mock draft when you're listening to my picks. Keep in mind that number one, this is going to be a very uh, quarterback heavy top ten. Yes. Maybe even top fifteen. Mine will not necessarily be that way because I'm going to be making my picks based off of. Uh, the skill level avail- available based off the team's needs, and I'm putting myself in the GM's shoes. If I was running that team, based off my opinions, where do I want them to be stronger? Yeah. So specifically to quarterbacks, I'm going to be having teams that are probably automatically going to pick a quarterback in, in the NFL draft, but in my draft they're not going to because I either think they should stick with the one they have, pick up a free agent, or get stronger in another position. And, and I'll explain that along the way as well. I like that, and I'll give my little preface here. You guys are going to see some players that are outranking other players in different positions and teams that are, are snatching up players that are way different than the Mayock and all those guys out there. But it's I'm analyzing this through my lens. Games that I've seen, players I've seen, needs, free agents, and everything. So let's start this off, Miles. Who are the Cleveland Browns selecting at number one? Or wait, are you doing tr- any inner draft tra- trades? I did no inner draft trades. I, I didn't either. And, okay. and, and I believe you and I both have, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the, the Niners picking ninth and the Raiders picking tenth. Do we do we both have that? Because yep. that's a coin flip right now. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they're flipping so, at the combine. Right. So those are interchangeable. Uh, okay. So for me, Cleveland Browns, number one overall. First of all, uh, I don't have them taking a quarterback in the first round because I believe that they shouldn't make that kind of move. I want them to get a quarterback in free agency. Saquon Barkley, number one overall. Wow. I think I think he is hands down uh, the best player in the draft. I think that he, uh, in my opinion, I think so highly of him that I think he may be a once in every twenty year running back. And I think that the Browns would be absolutely freaking crazy to pass up on this kind of talent. Yeah, I saw somewhere that uh, Saquon Barkley is fifth all time of yards after catch for uh, running backs coming into the draft. Um, I'm gonna go traditional with this pick. And he, it's probably because he's my favorite player of the draft. Uh, I'm going to go with Josh Rosen. Oh, um, nice. Yes, I'm picking Josh Rosen. Okay. I'm not a Sam Darnold fan, especially not for the Cleveland Browns. Get the quarterback who's more NFL ready. Um, who cares who they're losing? Get get your offense situated. And I'm, I'm assuming they can't pick up a quarterback in free agency. Do you know why I like that pick? Because all the mock drafts that I've seen have the Browns either taking Darnold. Some I've, uh, I've even seen Baker Mayfield. But you know what? Rosen is the one that I can see being the best fit for them. Yes, 100%. And you don't want a wild card. Even if, let's no. say, Darnold down the road is the better quarterback, get your feet on the ground and start running. Stop picking out this number one pick because Rosen will win you some games. Get a gunslinger in yes. there. Uh, that has that number one overall talent, which yes. which Kaiser doesn't. You know, he's got that gunslinger mentality, but he just doesn't have the talent. Whereas Rosen is just this kind of. I mean, he was the five star recruit. Yeah. So, I like that pick. All right, uh, tell me who you got for number two. Number the, two. The so Giants. this one's gonna scream off the paper because I'm assuming this player is gonna be able to make the transition from right tackle to left tackle. He is one of the best tackles if you just talk about sheer blocking ability, sheer protection scheme guy. Orlando Brown from Oklahoma, and the reason I picked him over um, who was it? over Quentin Nelson was just because if Orlando Brown can make that transition to left tackle, the position that the Giants need the most, he will be the best player in the draft. I think this is why 
you and I work so well together. I am shocked that we're thinking the same way here. I have the Giants taking Quentin Nelson yes. at number two overall. And the main reason for that is I am a huge Eli Manning fan. Yeah. I think Eli's got two, three good years left in him. I don't think the Giants have to rush on drafting a quarterback. Do you know how many quarterbacks are in this draft? For them to take a quarterback at number two, I could see them trading down or picking the best linemen in their in their, in their brains. And this was the other, the, the, the other point I wanted to make, specifically to offensive linemen. There is so much offensive line talent yeah. going in the first, like, that should be going in the first round this yeah. year. Work from the inside out. Yeah. Don't rush. Give Eli Manning some protection. You already have some good pieces. There's a lot of, there's also a lot of good, um, what do I want to say here? Um, skill positions yeah. that are going to be available in the second round. So go with these guys, uh, not just Nelson, uh, but... Uh, McGlinchey as well. Connor uh, Williams you know, is really uh, good, th- too. Yeah, right. There's a lot of good talent there. So, big need for the Giants. Uh, we both have them taking offensive line here, and that is going to make the rest of our mock drafts interesting because these are going to be very different yes. from, from what the from what the experts are saying. So, And we, I, our, I, I know that our number three has to be the exact same because the Indianapolis Colts, they are so bad, they take the best player available. Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb, 100%. He has is to the, be. The, I think he is the best player in the draft, but, you know, the first two teams don't need Bradley Chubb at this moment. Um, yeah, and he, uh, I, I completely agree with you. I think he's the the best player overall uh, available, and the Colts have a huge need for an edge player. Yes. Um, so that's a no-brainer for me. All right, so uh, number four, the Cleveland Browns, uh, via their trade with the Texans. I think you're going to like my pick for the Browns at number four. I have them taking Minka Fitzpatrick. Roll Tide. Okay, um, so I picked them. Originally, I put Minka in that position, and then I was like, the Browns, they need to get a running back. Isaiah Crowell is leaving. No way Isaiah Crowell resigns. He'd be a fool. Um, Mika Fitzpatrick never once in the entire in entire collegiate career has played outside cornerback, and it'd be a little bit of a weird transition to have him and Preppers in the in the backfield. So drafting Minka in this position would be strange for them because they'd be drafting a slot a slot corner um, because unless they plan on demoting Peppers, I have them picking Saquon Barkley. So that's funny. Uh, Barkley ends up on the Browns just in, both in, of our drafts. In, in both of our drafts, but in different spots. Um, I'm going with the fact that I think that uh, if they, if need be, I think Mika can make that transition. Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. Mika is the one of the best safe, uh, best secondary guys to come out in a very long time. And that's why I have him as the best yeah. uh, defensive back in my draft. So you know that's why I, I have the Browns taking him there because I think he's the best talent at defensive back. And for me, if I'm the Browns. I don't want to pass up on that talent. I could definitely dig it. I had him there at one point. Who did you have the Browns taking number one overall? I Rosen. had Josh Rosen getting offense and offense. Fantastic. Offenses. Rosen and Barkley. I mean, that that would be great. For, you know, it's probably most likely going to be Darnold and Barkley. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. that. Unless they go with Baker, but my God, please. It, it, look, that's kind of like uh, Zeke and Prescott. Yeah. They changed the game for Absolutely. the Cowboys. Absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about it before. The Browns already have a great nucleus. Yeah. If they can just get a couple of these pieces. So. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to number five. Who do you have the Denver Broncos selecting? Sam Darnold. Um, I know they have needs at offensive line, but I just can't see them riding another year with Simeon or Paxton Lynch or Osweiler. I I think that this is their year to actually grab the guy instead of reach for the guy. There's no doubt about it. The Broncos uh, either have to get someone in free agency, and and even if they do, they need to draft a quarterback here. I also have them taking Sam Darnold, and and honestly, I I think that's a pretty solid fit, especially with Elway running that organization. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a good spot for him, and he doesn't necessarily have to start right away. Yeah, you know, with 
the Broncos may, may not have a lot of talent at quarterback, but they do have experience. Yeah, well, they could kind of do what, what what LA did. Um, let him get his feet wet sure. a little bit, and then pull him in halfway through the season. I know you're gonna suck, but yep. you're gonna go ahead and he's gonna be starting the next next year, and it'll be a, it'll be a good play. Yep. All right, uh, number six, uh, the New York Jets, and this is where I have Josh Rosen going. Uh, if, if if he falls that far, I think he would be also a good fit with the Jets organization. Yep, and uh, I completely agree with a quarterback there. Uh, I don't think Josh McCown's a long-term answer. I'm going with Josh Allen from Wyoming. Okay. Another good spot for them. I think enough said there. How about we go ahead and move on to your Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I want to hear who you have to say first. All right, picking at number seven. Uh, so here is what I'm thinking here. They have needs. Uh, we, we Well, one of our mailback questions was who they were going to take out of the yep. defensive backs. They also have needs at running back and defensive line. In my opinion, I think that Derwin James uh, would be the second best uh, defensive back available behind Mika Fitzpatrick. So that's who I have them going with. Kind of funny you said that. Um, so the Bucks need a defensive back. They need a safety. They need a D end. I think reaching for Davenport would be out of this world insane. Reaching for a little um, early. Reaching for any of the running backs would be insane. Yeah. And I've seen them tied to Denzel Ward, but no way the Bucks are drafting or getting a third. Not saying he's great, not great, but a third undersized, uh, undersized DB. Mm-hmm. And then I looked and I was like, I still have Minka on the board. Oh, absolutely, you so do. So Minka Fitzpatrick to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, I I love that pick. So so so, do you think he would fit in better with the Buccaneers defense than the Browns defense? Yeah, because um, he. So I'm assuming they're gonna resign Brent Grimes. They're gonna have mm-hmm. Hargraves. Now you got Minka at safety with Justin Evans out there, and you also got Minka covering the slot when they need. That would be a great fit. And realistically, I could see Minka falling to them at seven. Yeah. Just just by the way that these teams needs offense up top, that it'd be a, it'd be an easy play. And our number eight has to be the same, right? What do you think the Bears need? Okay. So you're probably saying that because everyone's saying it. Everyone's saying that the Bears need a receiver. So go ahead and say your pick. Calvin Ridley. I think that uh, these next two for me are interchangeable because uh, I think that if the Bears uh, were to take Ridley, then, then the Niners were to take who I have them taking. Um, I have Denzel Ward going to the Bears at number eight. I like overall. that pick a lot, too. See, to me, it was uh, – I was either going to put Ridley with the Niners – or and Ward with the Bears, or Ridley with the Ni- with the Bears and Ward with the Niners. So we are thinking exactly the same way there because I think that well, no, I don't think I I know the Bears and the Niners have pretty much the same needs. Yes, here. they have needs at receiver, they have needs at defensive back, and they have big needs on the offensive line. Um, but with the talent available here, because I do think that Calvin Ridley is the best receiver in the draft uh, by far, and uh, I think that Denzel Ward might be the best corner. Yes, not the best defensive back. The- um, so I so I, I think it would be tough for the Bears to pass up on them, and also I don't think that the Bears are going to feel as rushed to get a receiver. If There's so many good receivers. So many good receivers. Uh, don't be surprised if these guys aren't if the Bears aren't the ones who reach for um, for Marcus Davenport either. In this sure, situation. absolutely. Or if uh, if uh, Derwin James or uh, Mika Fitzpatrick are available, don't, yeah. don't be surprised if they uh, beef up their defense either. Everyone's got them taking Calvin Ridley. I'm not so sure about it. We'll see what happens. So uh, let's go to the Oakland Raiders. All right, so the Oakland Raiders at number 10. They have needs everywhere, man. They do have needs everywhere. I'm going to have them go with Tremaine Edwards and uh, talk about a combination of Khalil Mack and Tremaine Edwards on the defensive side of the ball. I think it would be a great uh, combo for them. So that's a good one right there, too. Um, I like Tremaine Edwards a lot. uh, That's out of Virginia Tech. Yes, Tremaine Edwards out of Virginia Tech. I like Tremaine Edwards a lot lot there. I'm going with Josh Jackson. Get them a lengthy, rangy cornerback okay. um, there. 
I like that pick. I mean, you just think about that defense, Navarro Berman. Let's say Navarro Berman in linebacker. We don't really need Tremaine Edwards. I like the Tremaine Edwards pick, but I like the Jack the Jackson pick as well. I, yeah, Jackson is one of my favorite players in the draft, so yeah. I think it would be gr- uh, great for them to, to, to beef up the secondary there. All right, so uh, let's go ahead number 11 here, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, what do we think uh, about Ryan uh, Tannehill? Um, I year? think they owe Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill too much money, but I don't have them drafting a quarterback here. I have them taking a Quentin Nelson because it's a it'll be a shame if they get to 11 and Quentin Nelson is still on the board if they don't draft him because Quentin Nelson Thank you. is the best guard in the draft and Thank he you. is a top five pick. See, and this is where all the experts are. I mean, I, I understand that offensive line is not the flashiest position. It's the most important position yes. on your football team. And there's so much talent available. Uh, so, yes. I like that you said that. Uh, as for me, I'm, I'm going to have a run on offensive alignment, but not yet. I have the Dolphins going with Roquan Smith. Nice. From Georgia. I think that it establishes a huge need for them uh, at linebacker and uh, strengthens their defense that is already pretty talented. I was um, I was going to go with uh, linebacker at one point, and then I was just thinking about their quarterbacks getting hurt um, and them not being able to successfully run sure. uh, between the tackles. So. I know uh, I'm picking a guard, but it all starts with your line here. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, I know that Brown went number two in yours, but if they were to, to go for Orlando Brown or if they were to, I mean, uh, go for McGlinchey. Or, yeah. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me. All right, let's go ahead and go to my Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. Who do you 12. have your Bengals taking? Well, we know what they need. They need someone to protect Andy Dalton. So at this point, I don't care who's on the board. They're going to have to get uh, somebody on the offensive line. I've yes. got them going with Connor Williams of Texas, who I think that without an injury – his junior year is a top ten talent. Bing! I got Connor Williams as well, and I would be very happy with that because That'd be great. As we already said, a lot of skill position talent available in the second and third rounds. So go with your inside guys, and especially for the Bengals, build that offensive line. Uh, love what Connor Williams brings to the table. Yes. Okay. So let's move over to the Washington Redskins. Um, so they need receivers. They need uh, safety. They need D line. They need linebackers. And I think this is another position where they just have to take someone who could ignite that defense. And I'm going Marcus Davenport here from um, University of Texas, San Antonio. How about back-to-back? I wish we had a bell. I also have them taking Marcus Davenport out of uh, UTSA, uh, UTSA, one of the best defenses in college football last yes, year. very definitely. Quietly. And Davenport was easily the best player on that unit. Uh, great edge uh, player. Uh, exactly the boost that this Redskins defense needs. Uh they're rebuilding. Yeah. There's no doubt. I think he would be a great start. Yeah, and receiver there is just not absolutely necessary. It's not plausible Yeah, at that point. Okay, Um. the next pick for me was another pick of sure avail- sheer availability. The Packers need to get better at a lot of positions. Um, they need help on the offensive line. They need help. Um, their linebackers are pretty much up for contracts. They need help um, at corner, but I don't see them taking because there's a, there's a big drop off at corner once you get past uh, Jackson and Ward. Absolutely. Um, so I have them taking Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech. Okay. Who do you have them taking? All right. Uh, we have okay. So I have the Packers uh, going for offensive line. Uh, Got to take Orlando Brown, especially if he falls t- all the way to fourteen. Oh yeah. Uh, no brainer there. I like it. Uh, one of the, one of the best players in the draft. Arizona Cardinals um, have needs all over the place. Um, they're lose they're losing John. They might lose John Brown, but I don't think they take wide receiver here. And I was trying to pair them with a quarterback, 
but I could not see Baker Mayfield fitting this kind of team, especially you're not going to tell Larry Fitzgerald that you're about to take a hothead as quarterback. So just get the calm, cool Mason Rudolph. I got the Cardinals taking Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> I had him there, but I just could not see Larry Fitzgerald uh, being happy with that. I don't see him starting right away. Okay. Uh, Baker, I you know, I see Baker sitting on the bench for a couple years in Arizona, but I see Arizona kind of looking in the long term here. And uh, I can see them taking Mason. Absolutely. Uh, for me, you know, we we both had Mason as one of our overrated quarterbacks. Yeah, and, and, and trust me, I don't want them to take Mason. Mine's just about, you just look at the quarterbacks who've gone through that through that team. Even mm-hmm. if you just look at Stanton, Gabbard, yeah. um, even Palmer, these they're like these bigger poised guys. But speaking of, I just feel like time for a change. It's time for a change in Arizona. Uh, That'd be a sick offense. Big, if, even if Baker you know, started this year, Baker and sure. Johnson yeah. with uh, throwing the ball to Fitz. And l- let's just assume, okay, can Baker be humble? Yeah, I think it's possible. I I think that he's centered enough where I don't see him causing issues in a locker room yeah i see him being a big team player and providing a lot of energy all right uh, let's go ahead and go to number 16 the baltimore ravens uh they have needs all over the offense yes and not to mention they have needs a quarterback but we're not going to talk about that <laughs> uh i've got the baltimore ravens going with darius geis running Ooh. back out of lsu nice i really like that pick um i just think the uh ravens are going to try so hard to groom these running backs that are no good. Well, that's what they're trying to do. Um, I think they're going to go with Cortland Sutton. All right. My receiver from SMU. Great pick. Uh, many say that he may be the best receiver in the draft over Ridley. Um, some are saying he's overrated. He definitely had a hell of a college career. Yes, he did. So, great pick for the Ravens there. All right, let's go to number 17, uh, the LA Chargers. Roll Tide. I had them uh, going with Rashawn Evans, linebacker nice out of pick. Alabama. They really they have a need at, at linebacker, but they also need have, have a need at offensive tackle. And Mike McGlinchey is still available, so I'm going Mike McGlinchey. Um, I, I think that Melvin Ingram they're going to be able to resign him. Um, so not just why not just protect your quarterback? And if I swear to God, if the Chargers draft a freaking quarterback at this pick, like I've seen all the mock drafts, I will lose it my just, shit. It makes no sense when unless you think that Rivers you're losing him, but you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes. So River, build around him, protect him. And can I just say how happy I am that we're on the same page as far as the offensive line talent in yeah, this first round? It's and sick. I feel like we're being more logical than, than these GMs are being. And you know, when I was making this uh, this mock draft, there are so many good offensive linemen that I didn't even put in the first round. Yeah, sure. Um, so let's move over to the Seattle Seahawks. They have needs at, uh, I mean, everywhere because Jimmy Graham's a free agent. Eddie Lacy, I don't think they're going to resign him. They have needs at running back. Either way, they uh, are losing. Might lose Cam Chancellor, might lose one of the best free agents in Sheldon Richardson this year. Sure. So they could honestly go anywhere. I'm going to go, they are going to pay Sheldon Richardson and let Cam Chancellor walk and draft Derwin James from Florida State. You know, I love that pick. I've got James going in the top 10. Uh, You know, uh, scouts cooled on Derwin James a little bit. Yeah. I feel like uh, because there was a lot of hype around him his freshman year, uh, but believe me, that's definitely one of one of the best uh, defensive backs in the draft. So good pick for them. Could be the end of the Legion of Boom, uh, but could be the beginning of a new one. Uh, but speaking of a team that just has a great franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson, I've got them taking Mike McGlinchey at number eighteen. And, nice, uh, stocking up on that offensive. They, line. they do need offensive line help here, um, but I also see them. I mean, there's Donald Penn's even a. I can throw. The, I can see them throwing money at Donald Penn mm-hmm. in the free agency, and I was trying to stay away from that. So let's move to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, possibly going to lose DeMarcus Lawrence because he's asking for a 
boatload of money. And you know what? Let him walk. Yes. Please let him walk. I'm a I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan just because I I grew up with my with my roommate who's a diehard Cowboys fan. So I I'm just so tired of them dealing with these egos yeah. in Dallas when. They've got two players in uh, Zeke and Prescott who are ready to build a team. They they don't need these distractions. So yeah. I, sorry, I I went off on a tangent there, but it's okay. Let them walk. Who do you have them drafting? I, I so speaking of that, I've actually uh, uh, let him walk and draft Deron Payne. Nice roll, roll tide. tide. I love that a lot. Um, defensive tackle, by the way. Defensive out tackle out from Alabama. Alabama. Um, Deron Payne is probably one of the most underrated defensive tackles in this draft. Absolutely. But I think they are going to look more for leadership over sheer skill, and they're going to go with Vita Vey from Washington. Love that pick. Uh, and it, it is all about changing the culture there. Sure. They're going from having a Demarcus Lawrence on their line to a, uh emotional leader and a guy you know who's not going to slip up. Deron Payne had uh, that whole incident in Alabama, so I think they're going to stay away from that. But it wouldn't surprise me because they love getting guys with problems. But – that's why I love that pick so much because Vea is one of the most emotional defensive football players that yep. we've seen. Uh, if no one watched any Pac-12 football last year, uh, he comes out of Washington, uh, anchored a great defense yes. uh, that made it to the playoff two years ago and probably will make it to the playoff next year. They have a great team over there. Um, so, great pick. And speaking of that, I actually, in my next pick, have the Detroit Lions uh, going with Vita Vea based off of uh, what he brings to the table and how that would fit their need uh, on the defensive line. I like that a lot. Um, I think they're. I, I think that I picked this pick out of sure hope that they do not re-sign Ziggy Ansah, and somehow he miraculously makes it to the Tampa Bay Bucks. But you know for sure that Pat Patricia is going to draft a defensive player with this pick, and I have him picking Arden Key from Auburn. Great pick. They need an edge rusher if they if they let Ziggy Ansah walk. There sure is a lot of SEC. Yes. In this first round and. Not to mention just the SEC, but no wonder Alabama won the damn championship. Yeah. They might have five players go in the first round. Yes. I have them. I have Bama with five players in the first round. Yeah, I have them with four, and it's a healthy, healthy four. Yeah. Um. So the Buffalo Bills get back-to-back picks. Back-to-back picks here. And Good for them. You know, part of me was thinking one of them would be a quarterback, but the other part of me was like, why not just get better on defense? Okay. Especially these two players are already off of your board, and it doesn't matter what order they come out because I think both of them will be – Day one starters, we got Deron Payne from Alabama, defensive tackle. Then, because you know they lost um, Darius, so they replaced. Why not replace mm-hmm. an Alabama D tackle with another Alabama sure. D tackle? And then Roquan Smith from Georgia. Two great picks there that make the Bills defense even better. Yeah. Interesting point. You know, every mock draft has them taking a quarterback here with one of these two picks, but they can wait. Yes. Now I don't have them waiting, but. I think that makes them considerably better. And they were already a playoff team, so they have a lot to build on. Uh, For me, back-to-back, no particular order. I have Harold Landry out of Boston College off the edge. I like that pick a lot. And I have them taking Josh Allen. Okay. Uh, Josh Allen fell uh, in my draft. I would have – okay, so I understand your quarterback taking right there. I probably would have put them at a quarterback had Josh Allen been available – or Sam Darnold fell, or Mason Rudolph been available. Mason Rudolph is the most popular pick that I see yeah. so far for the But best. I had Mason Rudolph going to the Arizona Cardinals because they right. are taking a quarterback. Right. Um, so let's move over to the Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams who need offensive line help bad. And I'm assuming they're losing Alec Ogletree. Um, I, most of these guys who have who are going to demand command big money mm-hmm. 
um, on teams that already have other players committing big money, I'm, a, I'm saying they're gone. Because, I mean, what they have uh, Tremaine Johnson and Joyner, that they both have to pay one of those guys. They're not paying Alec Ogletree. I feel like we have uh, kind of a situation where I know that L.A. is a big market, but the Rams kind of have that small market team mentality, yeah. I feel like, where they're going to just be fine building with the talent that they have, and they're going to let these uh, players walk, and they're, they're going to build from the draft. So who do you have them taking? I have them taking uh, – Brian O'Neill, uh, offensive tackle from Pittsburgh. And, Great pick. You know, here I, I almost slated Billy Price. Um, so okay. this is it's a dealer's choice. Yeah. Uh, one's a guard, one's a tackle. It's just whatever need you whatever need you want to fill. Okay. Uh, I have them going with because he's still available in my draft. Josh Jackson, nice cornerback uh, out of Iowa, and then they don't have to replace Johnson. Absolutely, that's, that's there brilliant. You go. I mean, God, that's a great. I love that pick. Yeah. Um. So the next one, this is my. The, every draft is going to have their reach. This is my reach of the draft. The next pick is the Carolina Panthers with the twenty fourth pick, who have a tremendous need at wide receiver and a tremendous need at offensive line. But I'm going to go with Auden Tate from Florida State. Very interesting pick. He is the biggest outside of um, outside of the guy from Washington. Um, from uh, not, I'm not talking about James Washington, the guy who played on the opposite side of James Washington from Oklahoma State. I'm going, Arden, uh, I'm going with Auden Tate because he's a 6'5 freak of nature who didn't really have the greatest quarterback throwing to him this year. That's and, and he Newton racked is. up like 800 yards this year. So uh, it's, a, it's a reach. Um, I think I have Auden Tate going mid-second round if he doesn't get taken by the uh, Panthers. But don't get Cam Newton. He doesn't need a, a 5'10 James Washington. He needs a 6'5 Auden Tate. Definitely needs that big target. Absolutely. And uh, pair uh, that with Funches and uh, McCaffrey and Olsen. Olsen and yeah. That's, that's looking Scary. pretty good. Uh, I've got them uh, focusing on the middle of their offensive line, and I've got them going – I got back-to-back Hawkeyes here. James Daniels nice. out of Iowa. He, he played center, uh, but he certainly has the ability to move uh, to either guard or tackle if if need be, and I think he adds a lot of protection for Cam Newton. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to look to either pay uh, Norwell or pick up, a, pick up a guy who's versatile enough to play that guard position. Mm-hmm. Um, so who is your 25th pick for the Tennessee Titans? All right. The Titans have needs on both the offensive and defensive line. Yes. So I've got them going with a Taven Bryan, defensive lineman out of Florida. I like that too. Um, you would probably love my pick because he's already taken on your draft. I'm going with Harold Landry out of Boston College. I and do love that pick. I'm going to be honest. I don't think he's going to fall this far. And, you know... And I also don't think that the Tennessee Titans are going to pick Mark Andrews. Okay. I think that's out of the question. So I think they're going to go with a D-lineman here. For me, that would be a little bit of a reach. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going with Harold Landry. If not, it's any other D-lineman. Okay. Uh, number 26, the Atlanta Falcons. How about UCF? Falcons have a needed defensive back, and uh, Mike Hughes is projected late first round. So why not the Atlanta Falcons? Yep. I, I like that a lot. Um I picked another player. Um, Luke, they're going to lose one of these guys, and I I was reading that they're definitely losing Don Terry Poe. Um, you know, the price tag was not worth what was put out was put on the field. So I'm going with Maurice Hurst out of Michigan. Great pick, uh, great player. Yeah, uh, Hurst is going to make an instant impact on any defensive line that that he goes to. Uh, he he was a beast, especially uh, playing in that uh, that Big Ten style. Yeah, uh, I mean, just absolute beast. Uh, okay, so we have the number 27th pick, the New Orleans Saints. I think 
that this will be a little surprising. I've got the Saints taking Lamar Jackson at number 27. Wow. Um, I do not have a player for the, the uh, New Orleans Saints. So, um, okay. you know, I like the Lamar Jackson pick right there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and the best available quarterback on my board mm-hmm. is Baker Mayfield. Nice. I, I Two uh, kind of similar styles where, yeah. where I feel like both Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield had a lot of time in college to hone their skill. They both yeah. got better at, as passers. The step that Baker Mayfield took from his junior to senior year, no one, everyone, everyone wanted to talk about the Heisman, but damn. Yeah. I mean, he got much more accurate, much more confident in his throwing ability. Better in the pocket and mm-hmm. became a better leader on and off the field. Yeah, and uh, Lamar Jackson quietly got better with his yes, mechanics as well. I'm so sick of people doubting Lamar Jackson. Same My man here, went and man. hired his mom as his agent. He says, <laughs> you're not taking 3% of the money I'm about to make, and you're not going to sit here and sell me as a wide receiver. I'm going to play quarterback. He's going with that Mike Vick mentality that freaking Tyrod Taylor mentality mm-hmm. that who cares that I got great legs I could still sling the ball and I was reading somewhere I'm really hype about Lamar Jackson although I don't have him uh in this first round okay. I am so sick of them saying he cannot make the throws downfield like Mike Vick made when Lamar Jackson is throwing off his back foot for 75 yard touchdowns how can he not make the downfield throws absolutely not to mention he played in a pro style offense he's 6'2 at Louisville 6'3 and they're saying he's undersized mm-hmm. yeah it's a uh, lot of doubters for Lamar Jackson, uh, former Heisman Trophy winner. I can't wait to see what what he does. And I think the Saints would be a great spot for him because who who better to teach him than Drew Brees? Yeah. And uh, okay, so let's move with the uh, 28th pick in the draft with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have a strong need pretty much anywhere on the field except quarterback unless you're ready to replace Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, and that's kind of another Eli Manning situation. I I feel like Big Ben's got at least two, three good years left in him. So So who do you got? uh, I've got them going at uh, uh, defensive back. And I've got them taking Ronnie Harrison out of Alabama. Oh my god. What a great Mm -hmm. pick. And I love that. Uh, Ronnie Harrison, you know, I, I saw one mock draft where they went ahead and uh, the Bears picked Ronnie Harrison early and paired wow. Eddie Jackson and Ronnie Harrison just like back in the old days. Okay. Uh, but I'm going I'm going to assume that this player falls this far and the Pittsburgh Steelers say, you know what, Le'Veon Bell, gone ahead and walk. We're going to get Darius Geis, a guy who's used to running the pro style running back okay. position. Yeah, uh, if Geis is available there, I think I absolutely uh, see them going there. They've had so many issues with – Le'Veon. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 starting to become a huge distraction for yeah. the team. Yeah, and uh, bring Le'Veon to Tampa Bay. We'll go ahead and get <laughs> – we're going to get Ziggy Ansah and uh, Le'Veon Bell, and we're not going to have any worries. That's a totally different scenario if you have the best <laughs> running back in the NFL going to Tampa Bay. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the surprise of the NFL at number 29, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Honestly, I think that any position that they draft, they're it's really up for grabs for them. I mean, yeah. I know they've got some needs uh, – they definitely could use a tight end. I've got them going with the offensive line. I've got them drafting Isaiah Wynn nice. uh, out of Georgia. Nice. I left Isaiah Wynn out of my first round. Um, sorry, Isaiah. And he was close to filling this slot. I had I was thinking between two players. I was thinking between James Washington. Mm-hmm. But I ultimately went – they have enough young receivers. And let's see if they can re-sign Allen Robinson. I'm going with Billy Price from Ohio State. Awesome. You know I love that pick. So the next pick. And uh, let me just say, Price comes in with tons of experience. Yes. Not only playing uh, at center, but he's got a lot of guard experience as well. So yep. Price, you can pluck him in anywhere on the offensive I'm, line. I'm putting him definitely on a guard in, mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. Yep. 
Um, my bad for cutting you off. No, 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 no you're, you're good. I, I was gonna say, and he'll he'll be ready to start. Uh, day one. A, a, day one, and be a leader. Yes. So I love it. Great guy, Billy Price. All right. Uh, the 30th overall pick, the Minnesota Vikings. I've got them with needs on the offensive and defensive line, so uh, because he's available in my draft, I've got them going Maurice Hurst, defensive tackle out of Michigan. Nice. I like that a lot. Um, I was going to go offensive or defensive line. Then I was like, man, they're going to have to – they're only going to resign one of their quarterbacks. They're going to have to go find another quarterback. But I just didn't see them drafting uh, a, a Luke Falk uh, this early. Um, Baker's still available on your board, right? No, Baker went to the, with the Saints. Oh, that's right. Um, so my, I'm going to go with the – Charge on UCF Knights, Mike Hughes. Nice. Can't go wrong with a good corner. Good addition. All right, number 31, the New England Patriots. What will the Patriots do in the first round? Well, I've got them going defensive back. Okay. I got them taking Isaiah Oliver, corner out of Colorado. I like that pick. Um, And they need help. Just answer this question. This is going to be off on a tangent, but – okay. I was watching um, ESPN rank their top free agents this year. They said Malcolm Butler is the top available free agent. Thoughts? I mean, that's over Ziggy Ansa, That's over Demarcus Lawrence. That's over Tremaine Johnson. That's over Joyner. That's over, I mean, Don Terry Poe. That's over, um, I'm only naming defensive players. Uh, Aloding Nada. Do you think he is the best available? I don't think he's the best available, but... I do think that he made a much bigger impact on that defense yeah. than even they thought. Yeah. And they saw that in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm swallowing my pride and I'm starting him. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with – I didn't announce my pick. Right. Uh, I don't think they're going to keep Lewis because I think they're ready to get a guy who's got more speed and just a little bit bigger with Sony Michelle from Georgia. A light bulb just went off in my brain when you said that. If there was any team in the NFL where Sony Michelle was a perfect fit, oh my gosh, it's yeah, the England Patriots. That'd be scary. If they just went ahead and said, you know what? We're going all in on Tom Brady for the next two years. Yeah. Get him Sony Michelle for that offense? Oh That's not my even God. fair. That's not even They're fair. Quick. They now screw James White, screw Rex Burkhead. Wow. Sony Michelle. You nailed it, man. So let's go ahead. The Philadelphia Eagles, um, all of their linebackers are free agents. You can't resign them all. The price tag will be too big. So I'm going to save my pick. And he almost made my most overrated um, player until I started to see where he was starting to get slated now closer to the draft. I'm going Malik Jefferson out of Texas, linebacker. Great pick. Uh, I've also got them going defense, but I've got them going uh, a defensive back, Carlton Davis, cornerback out of Auburn, another SEC team cool so uh next week do you want to do a not next week because next week's our live show but the week after that you want to do a quick run through of the second round yeah yeah i'm thinking i already kind of started here just because i was curious about uh how much uh what kind of players were going in the second round yeah can i just say uh i i want to back up my new york giants plan with them not going with the quarterback because not not only do i have them taking who i think is the best uh, offensive lineman in the draft quentin nelson at number two then I've got them taking Ronald Jones. Oh, speed out of the this world. In the second round. Which, give Eli Manning an offensive lineman and a running back who can actually carry the ball? Th- that team is going to is gonna be a 
a top tier team after that. Absolutely. So just a, a lot of exciting players there uh, available in the second round. So absolutely. And keep in mind, this was just Mock Draft 1.0. Yep. So, uh, Miles, tell us how we did last week in college basketball. All right, boys and girls. We are going to talk about what kind of success Brad and I are having at college basketball. Now, as you know, the lines for college basketball games get released the day of. The morning of. Well, they sometimes it's, it's sometimes the, uh, yeah, yeah, sometimes, sometimes the day before. I, I understand. It's uh, it, it just depends on who you ask. But for that reason, we've been pre previewing games without spreads. Uh, we end up guessing the spread, and we've been very accurate. Yeah. On on our uh, spread guesses, besides one that happened last week, but we'll get into that. So I wanted to review our overall record. So what I did was I went ahead and went with okay. So the teams that Brad and I select, we are assuming that we are we are picking against the spread. Uh, and we are going off of what we think the spread is going to be, which, because we've been pretty accurate, uh, and lo and behold, because of how accurate we've been at guessing the spread and how great we've been at seeing the talent, we both are sitting with a 4-1-1 record overall in college basketball. Not bad at all. That's money right there. Last week, specifically, we had Kansas upset Texas Tech and Lubbock 74-72. That was a win for me and a loss for you. Um, even with the contingency. Even with the contingency. <laughs> Uh, Evans had 31 minutes, I believe. Yep. So that was an over under 25. Total seven points. He, I like I said, like I told you before, Texas Tech, they messed this man up. They've lost. They they even lose. They even lost last night. They should have rested him because he's not the same player right now. And Arizona and Oregon, uh, the big news coming out about Sean Miller uh, caught on tape talking about paying uh, Aiton hundred thousand dollars. Told his team he wasn't going to coach the game. The line went from. Zona minus six, I think it was, to yeah. Oregon minus seven, uh, something like that. Yeah. So let me tell you, we're taking it because Arizona covered the spread. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. Can I tell you this? So I'm like, <laughs> I see that uh, Sean Payton's not, I mean, uh, Sean Miller's not coaching and Aiton's playing, and I go, coaching's not that important, is it? <laughs> so I went all in on Arizona's covering the spread, and they covered the spread but you saw them blow the lead because they were looking around for Sean Miller's guidance. Absolutely. And that showed you how important the coach is. Specifically in college basketball. Yes. These coaches are so in, – and you know, in the NBA, those they're coaching themselves. Yeah. College basketball, especially when you have a good one, those kids are looking uh, to that mentor for advice. I mean, you see them screaming uh, on the court, on yeah. the sideline. One of my favorite things to do when I watch college basketball is watching how the coach is interacting yes. with his team uh, and how well he is at communicating with them uh, on the sideline. So – Great point that you bring up there. They lost that game. That game should have never been Oregon's game. They were destroying them on every aspect of the court. Before this news broke, uh, Arizona was a favorite for me to take the whole damn thing. Yeah. They were playing very well. Now, I you know, with these circumstances, it's going to be difficult. Uh, they lose that game 98-93. to Very high-scoring game. This is, the, this is the second game in a row when they were looking for Alonzo Trier as well. Absolutely. And, I mean... Lonzo Trier, them losing Lonzo Trier and their coach, I don't mm -hmm. think they can overcome this. And I don't even think I have them winning the Pac-12. No, I don't either. Especially uh, depending on what happens with Sean Miller, you know, we may not see him for the rest of the year. Yeah, we might not see him again. Again. And, you know, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and I, I watch a lot of Pac-12, so Bill Walton, gosh, you are so obnoxious. But this year, a team from the Conference of Champions will not have a champion. Okay. So... We did okay. Yeah, yeah. We did all right. Uh, we're going to talk about one uh, this week. The big one. Really the only big one. Yeah. This weekend. Number nine, North Carolina. Number five, Duke. Saturday, 8.15 p.m. tip-off. It's going to be rocking. Miles, who do you have? Okay, I'm assuming the spread's going to be a three 
point spread, maybe push to five, uh, favor of Duke. I have Duke covering. Okay. I have North Carolina covering. Cool. Uh, you've been really high on Duke this year, so I'm going to let you uh, go ahead and take the lead here, and let's talk about Duke. Okay, so, yes, Duke got upset versus uh, North Carolina. Duke is 16-1 and at home, 10-5 and against the spread at home, 4-0 and on neutral court. They are outscoring UNC. They are out shooting with percentages in free throws, field goals, and I think they're a better team. So let me back this up. When UNC played Duke, Grayson Allen had 9.7 assists. That's, that's unacceptable right. when you have Joel Webb going out there with, what, 21 points and 6 assists. But UNC, they're good at home. Away? They are five and eight straight up. I mean, eight and five straight up. But against the spread is even worse. Five, seven, and one. So you're telling me you're gonna? Am I gonna put my team on against a team who's ten and five against the spread at home, or a team that's five and seven? They always play tight games, and I'm thinking if the line's at three, it'll be a four or a five point victory, which means I will risk the push for the win. This isn't right, Brad. I'm supposed to be the one going with those great against the spread numbers, <laughs> and you go with the stats. But the stats don't lie there, man. That, yeah. I mean, when you're talking about smart money, now I have Duke winning the game, but I think these two teams are so evenly matched. I have Duke winning by one point, 74-73. I think they both have uh, – by the way, UNC Duke both lead the country in rebounding. Number yes. one and number two in the nation, which I thought was a really interesting stat. Uh, I want to go back to that game – uh, in North Carolina when they beat Duke 82-78 on February 8th. Came back from eight-point deficit. Uh, yeah, and that was largely in due to Cameron yeah. Johnson and Kenny Williams combining for 38 points in that game. If North Carolina expects to be anywhere near that, they're going to need that same production. Don't forget, don't leave out Pinson, too. Pinson played great in that game. Absolutely. Um, Luke May did his job. and But, you know, I, I would like to see um, – I like to compare the bad home losses to the bad – road losses okay and sure uh duke lost one game to the best team in the acc in my opinion and statistically virginia they lost by two points unc has had a problem this year playing teams on the road when they played michigan state on the road they got beat 45 63 when they played virginia on the road they got beat 61 to 49 now this is the biggest biggest loss right here that worries me because Virginia Tech, a lot like Duke, very good at shooting the three. Virginia Tech beat him 69-80, to and then Clemson Clemson was a little bit closer, and I don't think Clemson's the same level as Duke, 82-78. to On the flip side, UNC, they have won six straight yes. since their loss to Clemson. In yes. that span, in that span, they're 5-1 and one against the spread. Yes. Don't play as well on the road, but I haven't even, uh, you mentioned May. I haven't even mentioned Luke May and Joel Berry. They're combining for 35.7 points per game. Luke May is averaging a double-double. Now, I will be fair. He's a Duke killer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, I I will be fair. Duke, they have four players averaging over 14 points per game right now. Unbelievable. And going off of what I just said, going into the NCAA tournament, everybody this year has been talking about Virginia. Don't forget about these two teams right here, Duke and North Carolina. And the, the loss to, to um, Virginia Tech, Duke blew it. But also you got to – if anybody watched that game, he was clearly held on that last free throw. But I can't blame the refs because if he would have made that free throw, it would have made it a two-point game and he has another free throw to make it a three-point game. So you can't blame the ref. Make your free throw. Who cares if you missed the holding call? 
right, well, this is good. Uh, someone is going to take the lead in our overall college basketball uh, standings uh, after this game. So You already know I'm betting on Duke. And I ain't even see. thinking about it. I've been on Duke almost every game this season. And, I mean, I've lost 11, but I've won 16, so it's okay. I got to say, Brett, I was really excited uh, when I let you know, hey, by the way, not a lot of people know this, but the Big Ten basketball tournament starts this weekend, a weekend earlier than any other major conference basketball tournament. Yep. Because the Big Ten wanted to have their tournament uh, at Madison Square Garden for the first time in league history. So they had to do it a weekend early because I believe the Big East tournament is there the following weekend. So I know I told you let's do a Final Four and winner. Can we just go through the entire bracket and pick our winners? Let's do that. Might as well. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, might as well because this has been one of the most exciting conferences to watch this year. One of the most competitive top to bottom. Uh, this is a... Five-day tournament, yes. by the way. A five-day tournament, all right? So let's go ahead and start with Wednesday uh, at 5.30 p.m. I have Iowa upsetting, not upsetting, but beating Illinois. I just don't know if I'm fighting with the Illini. I have Iowa uh, winning that as well. Illinois has played really well at home this year, but on the neutral court, I've got Iowa advancing yep. there. So this uh, Minnesota Rutgers here, who do you have? Gotta be Minnesota. Rutgers down the stretch was the worst team in in the Big Ten. Yep, we got Minnesota as well. So let's move over to the top game on Thursday. All right, day two. Uh, pretty good matchup here. Uh, Wisconsin, who by the way, um, this is the first year. I, d- I don't know the exact stats, but Wisconsin has been a top three seed in this tournament like three or four years in a row. Yeah. Uh, so down year for them as a number nine seed, but they are playing Maryland. I've got Maryland winning that game. I got Maryland as well. Wisconsin is not playing good basketball, and you tell me Wisconsin-Maryland. Maryland has has the ability to put up a lot more points than Wisconsin. I'm going Maryland. All right, and uh, Michigan and Iowa would be both of our next games. Scary game for Michigan. Yeah. Um, Very scary. If there were to be a team that were to pull the early upset, it would be Iowa over Michigan, but I have Michigan winning. I have Michigan winning as well, and I have Michigan as one of the best teams uh, in this tournament. They have played really well down the stretch. Uh, Morris Wagner uh, has really come (laughs) on strong as an emotional leader uh, for that team. Uh, Ohio State could not match up with them uh, on the road in Ann Arbor. Uh, So they're playing really well right now. Uh, But I do agree with you. Keep in mind that in this Big Ten tournament as well, uh, almost always like a 8, 9, 10, or 11 seed always finds their way to the Final Four. Uh, so, so that's going to be tricky. Uh, okay, so next game, uh, the winner plays Ohio State. This will be Northwestern and Penn State on Thursday. Who do you got? Oh, my God, man. I want to want to pick Northwestern so bad because mm-hmm. they are great even away from home. And Penn State d- does most of their damage at home. Now, neutral site, but I'm just going to go with Penn State. I texted my dad this morning, and I told him, hey, uh, the one team that we did not want to see in the quarterfinals, we're probably going to see in Penn State. I've got yep. Penn State winning as well. Ohio State has lost to them twice this year already, so I'm hoping that we get some redemption on Friday night. Next game would be Indiana and Minnesota. Who you got? Who do I have? I have Indiana easily. The way Indiana's playing basketball right now, mm-hmm. Minnesota's okay, but Indiana's just light years ahead. Indiana probably has the easiest matchup in this round. Indiana has another, uh, yes, I, I do definitely agree with that, and Indiana has uh, been one of the most improved teams in the league this year. Uh, Archie Miller is only getting started. Yes. He's going to bring that program back to prominence, so everyone everyone just get ready for Big Ten basketball, because so, yeah. we got some damn good coaches uh, and some programs that are ready uh, to rise, and I've got Indiana winning that game as well. So that brings us to the quarterfinals. Uh, do we have all the same winners there then? 
Yes, going to the quarterfinals. Okay, so let's go ahead and start with the first game of the day. That would be Michigan State and Maryland. I got Michigan State winning, but guys, I'm telling you right now, Michigan State is not covering the spread. Absolutely not, and they've been terrible against the spread all season. Yep, I don't care if it's on neutral site; they are not covering the spread. Who do you have? Who do you have winning that? I've got Michigan State winning as well, but it's going to be closer than the experts thought. So Michigan, Nebraska. All right, so here's the thing about Nebraska. They are the number four seed in this tournament. They beat Michigan by 20 points yes. earlier in the year, but they also lost to Ohio State, Purdue, and Michigan State. So the thing with Nebraska is, surprise team, by the way. Big time. And they beat who they were supposed to beat, but I have Michigan winning this game. I have Michigan winning this. Um, I just think Michigan's ready to focus down and, and make some noise. Um, sorry, Nebraska. I know you guys handed it to him earlier so let's move over to the game you're most dreading penn state versus ohio state is the third time a charm in your opinion i can tell you that they're uh ohio state just won coach of the year in chris holman uh, uh i'm sorry big 10 coach of the year we also just won big 10 player of the year in uh katie bates diop Woo. and uh i'm gonna sound like a broken record but this team will go as far as katie bates diop takes us um and that is because ohio state does not have depth on the bench we do not get points from our bench. We get points from our leaders, Katie Bates-Dia, Jayshon Tate, and occasionally when C.J. Jackson uh, can shoot the three like he did at the buzzer against Indiana, um, that's where we get our points. So, scares me, but no way that Penn State beats us three times in one season, so I've got Ohio State moving on to the Final Four. Miles Markowitz, I have Penn State winning a nail-biter. Uh, the only reason I say that... sit there and tell me that they're going to beat us three times in one season? The only reason I'm saying that is because you made the point even more clear to me <laughs> that the Big Ten Player of the Year, when he plays Penn State, even if he's getting points, he, he he's a non-factor. He goes through lulls of where they're playing him great, mm-hmm. and he needs to have a great game the entire time. I, I completely agree. I have Penn State upsetting Ohio State for the third time. Uh, maybe that's just my heart there, but we'll see what happens. We'll see I'm what scared happens. to death for that game. All right, so Purdue and Indiana, a little in-state rivalry here. Whew. I'm going to go with Purdue. I'm going with Purdue as Bigger, well. Better shooters. Yeah. Purdue's, Purdue's poised. Uh, you know, Purdue has had their struggles this year, and we talked about what teams are doing uh, with Isaac Haas inside. And but and uh, leaving Edwards and or I'm sorry, guarding Carson Edwards yeah. uh, at the point. And it's been working, but they've been adjusting as well. Yeah. So uh, Matt Painter is just a great coach. So he's been making adjustments as well. I got Purdue easily over Indiana. So we do have a different Final Four, but we do have the same first game. We have Michigan and Michigan State. What a hell of a matchup in the Final Four. What a rematch. Um, Michigan upset Michigan State in uh, East Lansing they sure earlier did. in the season. They sure did. Um, but I think uh, Jaron Jackson and Miles Bridges are going to figure out a way to overcome adversity because um, that Wagner that Wagner guy is very good, but these guys are better. I got Michigan State winning this game. And not to mention for Michigan, uh, not just Wagner, but how about this name? Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman. <laughs> He's their shooter uh, from the outside. Also a great free throw shooter. Uh, when when he played Ohio State, uh, he provided a ton of energy off the bench. So if you're going to be watching the Big Ten Tournament, definitely remember that name. This is coming from a Buckeye. I think Miles Bridges should have won Big Ten Player of the Year. I just think he's a better overall player yeah. uh, than Bates Diop. But he just wasn't as much of an impact as everyone was thinking this year. Right. 
Right, which it, it, the, the expectations were really high on him. Yeah. I still think he had a great season. Uh, for that reason, I've got Michigan State winning. In the okay, first and I think a part of me is doing this just because of heart. I watch a lot of Michigan games, and I don't want to be upset of Michigan winning again because <laughs> I want Amy to be happy. But I, because I, 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 it's telling me Michigan should win this game, but Michigan State's poised. So I'm going Michigan State. Um, let's move over. We have. I was just, I was gonna say, let us not forget, Michigan won this tournament as an eight seed last year. Yeah. So uh, Beeline knows what he's doing in this yeah. tournament. Um, <laughs> so get ready, guys. I mean, uh, anything could happen. But for me, I think that we're gonna end up with the two best teams that we saw all season in the championship. So we have Purdue. Well, for me, I have Purdue uh, playing Ohio State. Ohio State beat Purdue on the road yeah. earlier in the season. It was a remarkable comeback, but in comebacks this case... Comebacks don't happen that often, right? Comebacks don't happen that often, and I just think Ohio State is outmatched in this game. I've got Purdue advancing to the final. You have Purdue and Penn State. Interesting game there. Tough one for me here. Um, Purdue's poised. I know Penn State beat him early in the year. I, I don't care about that. And, I mean, it was in Indiana, which is even scarier. Mm-hmm. But Purdue... I got Purdue all the way. I got them winning this game. So we have the same championship here. I think that Purdue has the best chance to match up well with teams in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Uh, this lineup of Carson Edwards, Vincent Edwards, uh, Isaac Haas inside, I think they're going to be very tough to match up against, and I've got them winning an incredible Big Ten championship game. Uh, the revenge game. Yeah, <laughs> the revenge game. I'm going to go ahead and say that Purdue beats Michigan State by three instead of the, the reverse this time around, and Purdue is your Big Ten champion. I'm going to go ahead and call this. This is going to be insane because I know Izzo's got to get his boys ready for the tournament. This will be the only game of the Big Ten tournament that Michigan State covers. Wow. It okay. beats Purdue. I like it. All right, so here's what I really like about this. We have different winners, but the same championship game. Yep. And then we also have different uh, uh, against the spread for the North Carolina Duke. So that's going to be a fun weekend to watch. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about uh, some numbers that I saw. Just if you're looking at the Big Ten tournament, you're planning on betting on the tournament this weekend. Keep in mind as far as champions go, uh, in the last 18 Big Ten tournaments, and these are for eligible winners because back in the 90s there were two – winners that were stripped of their title so we're going with eligible winners eight out of those 18 tournaments the number one seed won (laughs) pretty big number there six number two seeds won so 14 out of the 18 past winners have either been a number one or a number two seed yeah i think that's a huge stat uh but also keep in mind on the flip side if you're still following me 10 out of the last 18 runner-ups in this tournament have been a four seed or higher so I thought that was really interesting. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, and uh, that includes number 18, Michigan, uh, last season. So, And then also, on top of that, to go to your point on the Spartans, Michigan State has won three out of the last six Big Ten tournaments. So Izzo definitely knows what he's doing here. Can I, um, yeah, go can ahead. I tell you, um, this is one of the first years where um, money for Michigan not to win is not uh, – is higher than – Michi- money for Michigan to not win is lower – Okay. Than money for Michigan to win. This is the first year in a long time. So if you guys want, if you guys really feel strong about Michigan, go ahead and put the money in because that's where good money is. I think it's plus 150 for Michigan to win. Michigan not to win is minus 250. Is that Michigan or Michigan State? What did I say? I meant Michigan State. Holy Michigan shit. State. Okay. I, I, I just wanted to make sure. Because no, they're, they're both extremely I took talented. some flyers in this one. Um, I put money on this one. Who did I put it on? I put it on Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan State. Okay. 
I put small money on those and big money on Michigan. So I'm gonna on Michigan State. Why do I keep saying that? Michigan State. <laughs> I'm going to put big money uh, on Purdue uh, there just, just because I'm that confident that they're going to win this tournament. And yeah. you know I got to put some money on my Buckeyes. Yep. But, so uh... that was a great episode we have there. Um, guys, we have our live show. will be downtown Orlando at Waitiki on March 12th. Um, be prepared with a question. Um, if you want to ask us a question via Facebook, Twitter, or email, it's all at Best the House. Uh, the only difference is email is at gmail.com um please send us your questions because we love uh getting that feedback and uh we also just uh really enjoy the multitude of different topics that we get with these yeah i would have never expected the uh the picture one yeah um but yeah thank you guys so much um be sure to download our podcast and welcome to the house on itunes stitcher or however else you get your podcasts be sure to like and subscribe we're lacking the subscript the uh the likes i mean the reviews excuse me yeah, so a lot of reviews real fast, and then we haven't gotten them in a while. I'm turning please, gray. Yeah, it's uh, really easy on your uh, podcast app or wherever you're listening. Just uh, click to rate the podcast. Uh, tell us what you think. Yeah, we want to know. If you think we suck, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be announcing our winner of the Amazon gift card giveaway on our Twitter in a day or two. So check out our Twitter at Best House. It's not too late to get it. Peace.